Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, Romans 8. Turn to Romans 8 for me. Romans 8. You know, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this would be part of the series that we're just in, standalone. I don't, I don't really care. I get just stressed out trying to put them all in those things. I just believe it's going to be a blessing to you if you'll open up and receive it. I think the real impact on the word anytime that we minister, it's doing it, not just hearing it. And so I'm hoping to inspire you. I'm hoping to motivate you to take some steps uh, in 2020 right here at the front end. And maybe even some that we haven't taken before as we move from 2019 to 2020 and position ourselves for what God has. In the first two weeks, we talked about some of the spiritual disciplines and how, why they're so important, especially at the beginning of the year. And I, and I hope that you took those to heart and joined us in some prayer and fasting. Uh, last week, we did talk about the, uh, the whole diversity here and what a blessing that is. And you saw the video and we are um, just blessed to... God has called us to be a church of diversity. I believe he's, he wants to mark us with revival and reconciliation. And so you can go uh, and hear that from last week. And then I want to just share this text with you. And we got this from the organizer, the head of the Martin Luther King March here in New Braunfels, from Bishop Franklin. He said, I wanted to take a moment to personally extend our gratitude and thanks for the great support we received today from the Tree of Life family in helping to make the MLK March of 2020 a great success. The compassionate spirit of excellence that all of you demonstrated exemplified the kind of unity that honors the work and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Once again, we extend our heartfelt thanks to all of you for the sacrifice of your time that was rendered. Sincerely, Bishop Franklin, New Braunfels MLK president. Come on, can we just celebrate that? Just, what a great response of love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just, I want to thank you for, for being willing to get out there and we don't just say it, right? we want to be that and, and we're looking for ways to invest our church, to make a difference with our diversity, with our unity. Um, I know with that, there's going to be pushback and the, the enemy is going to attack and people don't like that and, and so um, we're going to do things that just God's asking to do. We're going to do things well, not so well. Let's just have a lot of grace, amen, and let's keep moving forward in love and unity. And so I think these three, last three weeks really have positioned us for today. What I want to say today, I, I think that this needs to be, before we go any further, there needs to be a greater understanding of what God is wanting to accomplish in us and through us and, and how he wants to do that. We, we've had some spiritual application disciplines from prayer and fasting. We had an outward expression of unity, and I think we position ourselves really for today's message. And so I want to dive right in with what is said here in Romans, what Paul writes, uh, the writer Romans in, in chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. So let's just go right now. Verse 5 says this, uh, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. Just right there, we need to be spirit-minded people. And that's the problem with what's happening, especially in our country today. We're so moved by the flesh. We're so moved by the things of the flesh. We forget who we are or whose we are that we don't have to operate that way, but we have to be intentional to be people that operate by the spirit. In other words, you choose if you operate by the flesh or by the spirit, and obviously operating by the spirit's a better choice, so we need to build our spirit, man, so it dominates our choices because right choices are important for you and I, amen? And so we need to build our spirit, man, so we're not making natural decisions or looking at things in a natural way. God's way are higher than ours way, amen? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and so we need to be in tune with him and make those decisions according to the spirit and not by the flesh. And it goes and says this in verse six, the mind governed by the flesh is death, 
The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Well, there's a choice for you. How hard is it to make that one, right? <laughs> what do you want out of life? Let me say it this way. What are you experiencing out of life? And again, if you want a better 2020, it has to be better spiritually. So we have to do things in recognizing that we have to build our spirit man in a way that we're being led that way more than by circumstances and things of this world or the mindsets of this world or by our flesh that don't lead us to life and peace, which is what the scripture says. So it's important. And look at what he says then in verse 14, Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. If you are a child of God, let me hear you give a big amen right there, a child of God. All right then, child of God, you need to be spirit led. And you can be, you can be. And we talk about that. We talked about growth track and next steps. We talk about getting in groups and we talk about prayer and fasting. Hey, all those things help you children of God be more in tune with God's spirit because the closer you are to him, the more you'll act like him and think like him. And so then therefore we know we have the opportunity and the ability to be more spirit led than flesh led. And so that's our goal leading into this new year. We want to be more led by the spirit of God and not necessarily led by our flesh. So you got to have the, uh, and, and here's what I, so God works through people, right? God moves and works through people. So let me say this, what we're wanting to do is to be more in tune with the spirit of God. So as he brings people into our life, we can discern if they're of him or not of him because right voices in your life lead to right choices. And I think if we will be more determined to be more spiritually minded in our relationships and our interaction with people, we will find what God's doing and saying in a greater capacity because he works through people. And let me say this, godly connections lead you to godly destinations. And so we want what God wants. And let me just uh, say about the connection thing. Let me illustrate this way. The right connection, the right destination. Uh, if you've ever traveled, you know what I'm talking about. My family, we travel uh, all the time and I'm a homebody. I don't really like to travel, but when I travel, I, I really want to get where I'm going and I don't want to stress about it. And so we've been all over the world in India and we're going to a new place upcoming soon. We're an opportunity for a pastor's conference. We've been uh, Mexico, we've, we've been to Turkey, we've been to Germany, we've been on all these trips. And I, the, the biggest stress for me is making our connections. And so I'm the guy that will want to be, you know, you look at the flight, it's like, we got like an hour and five minutes to connect in Houston and stuff like that. That's not enough time. That's not enough time. I don't want to stress. I don't want to be running through the airport. I don't want to be doing that. Because I've been in the wrong terminal before. Come on, somebody. I've been sitting there. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I've been on the wrong bus in Mexico. That's not fun. On the right bus isn't just a real treat sometimes, but the wrong bus is like, I've been in trying to figure out, take the right taxi, trying to take the right ferry. I've been trying to take the right bus. I, I've been there and I, the connection part, I've been on trains in India. I'm telling you, it's all about the connection, kingdom connections, amen, godly connections. And we need to be more spiritually minded so we can discern what is the right connection because the enemy wants you to miss your flight. He doesn't want you to get to your destination. He doesn't want you to get kingdom connections, which lead to kingdom destinations, so he can keep you wandering and lost and not fulfilling your purpose. So we have to be so in tune with him that we know the right people, the right place, the right plan at the right time. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I think everything has kind of really led up to that. And so we need to be really in tune with what God has. And know this, God works through people. So we have to discern right, the right people, the wrong people, because you know the enemy works through people too. God works through people, the devil works through people. God works through people to bless you, the devil works through people to curse you. You need to know which one's the difference. You need to know that. And have you ever been around somebody, 
where it's like when you've left them, and my wife and I sometimes are like, man, that person had just a really sweet spirit. And it's just even funny to say that. It's like, I don't know what it is. What do you mean by that? I don't know. I just felt, have you ever met someone like, they're super nice and everything, but there's just something about them. I'm not sure. <laughs> right? Yeah, don't be elbowing or looking at the, you know, pointing like, right there, Pastor, right there. <laughs> but we've all been there. Now, we may not associate, associate with the word discernment, but that's literally what it is. We have as children of God the ability within us to discern things like that. I believe in 2020, God wants to increase our ability to discern his voice and his purpose in our life and our relationships. And it's going to take something for you and I, though. We have to really intentionally dig into him and experience this. So know this, God uses people. Hey, nobody's ever received a check in the mail that was signed Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. If you did, probably a scam, right? They're looking for you, right? I got those in the email. And you know, I said, like, nobody, nobody gets those kind of checks. Hey, listen, God doesn't own a bank. God doesn't own a car dealership. God doesn't own restaurants. God doesn't own grocery stores. He doesn't own businesses. He's not an employment agency. He doesn't own uh, grocery stores. You know what he does? He works through people that do that. Come on, he works through people. I'm just waiting on God. Well, God's just brought 10 people across your path. What are you waiting for? Right? Like, God's working through people, come on. So, and, and understand, he wants to work through you, so you better be that godly person at times, too. So God's working through people, and we need to understand. So we're transitioning from 2019 to 2020. When God wants to transition, he'll put in your life right relationships and right connections. That's what we should be looking for right now, right? Transition, we're looking for right relationships and right connections. We don't want the same old, same old, and those things that didn't work. And I'm not, I'm not disrespecting anybody. I'm talking about the spirit of things, and what God wants to do and work in and through you. And so you know this, that, that either people can either hold you back or they, or they can propel you forward. And God will always work through people, but it's who are you around? And, and you know this, the wrong people can kill your dream and the wrong people can help it be birthed. And I was thinking about that from the story in the Bible, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, her cousin Elizabeth was pregnant with John or John the Baptist. And so Jesus and John the Baptist were cousins. Well, one day Mary came over to visit Elizabeth. And the Bible says when Mary, pregnant with Jesus, entered the room and greeted Elizabeth, pregnant with John the Baptist, that the baby inside Elizabeth leapt. The Bible says leapt or jumped. Can I tell you, God wants to send people in your life that'll make that dream that he's put inside you to birth that dream and you leap and come alive and have life in you. Can I also tell you that the devil wants to bring people in your life that will kill that dream? cause you to abort that dream and not ever let it to live. And so we have to be sensitive and we have to discern what's of God and what's not of God. And we can, it's not this super difficult thing. We can do it. There's things that we need to do. And again, that's why 21 days are so, prayer and fasting are so important. We need, those need to be spiritual disciplines just beyond January, but we need to be able to discern the people who are supposed to be in our life. And, and look what Paul says in second Corinthians five sixteen. Here's what the apostle Paul says, therefore from now on, and I love this from now on, like, like he's been burned before or something like that. Hey guys, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. <laughs> and, and let that sink in for a second. Paul's like, listen, I want to fulfill what God has. And things haven't gone so well maybe before. But listen, guys, come on. We're no longer going to regard anybody according to the flesh. We're going to listen to what God has and by his spirit. Even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet now, because Jesus has uh, uh, risen and then he's ascended to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit. So he says, but now we know him this way no longer. We know him through the Holy Spirit, by the spirit. He says, he says this in the New Living Translation. Listen to how Paul says it this way. 
Same, just translate differently. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. <laughs> look at that, man. We have stopped evaluating others by just fleshly things, what things look like, what they sound like, how they act. No, there's something more here. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, but how differently we know him now. So basically what he's saying is when people come into your life, they bring, there's a, there's a natural part of them that you see in what they bring, but there's also a spiritual part of them that's a little bit more difficult, but more important. And so we need to be able to discern what is of God and what is not of God, because it'll either propel us into our future or hold us back. It says the carnal mind also in Romans uh, eight, if, you were to, if we were to go back, we don't have time to do that, but in Romans eight, the Bible also says the carnal mind cannot discern the things of the spirit. The carnal mind cannot. It's impossible. Why are we taking advice about spiritual things from people that don't even know Jesus? They can't discern it. They have no idea. That's why you got to get in groups. Get around like-minded, spirit-minded people. So you can run things by. We're running things by that are important for our life. People that don't even know how Jesus and how he works and operates. How are they going to give you good counsel? They can't discern what's God and what's not God. So we need to position ourselves in those places to be able to discern that in accordance with the people God surrounds us with. Also, Paul says, not, don't just know people after the flesh. It's important for us to understand that. So in the Bible, know Paul, he knows this stuff because when he started his ministry, it ended on a natural uh, part of life for him that was terrible. He was a killer of Christians. He was charged by the, by the church, if you will, or by the religious uh, crowd or the religious organization to kill Christians that, th- that, that lived differently, thought differently. And originally Paul's name was Saul. Saul needed a change. And Jesus met him on a road. He was traveling from one place to another. And Jesus met him there, knocked him off his donkey. And just as he's laying there, he had a vision. Jesus was talking to him and he was blind. He couldn't see. And then God sent a man to him and told him to lay hands on him, that he was a chosen vessel. And God sent a man named Ananias. And Ananias, when God and a vision told Ananias, you need to go see Paul. Ananias is like, whoa, 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 Paul, the killer of Christians? I think you need to find somebody else for this one, God. And it's like God didn't really put up with that. And you know, you don't win an argument with God, but look at Acts 9, 10 through 18. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision and said, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. Probably super excited original, initially, right? The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man uh, from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man, and he's killing Christians as much as he can, and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call upon your name. It's a trap. God says, but the Lord said to him, doesn't even listen to the argument. It's almost like he just tolerated him for a minute and said, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer, what he'll experience for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, he said I don't think he was still really sure about Saul. He's probably a little nervous and scared. He said, Brother Saul, just in case you're wondering, the Lord sent me. <laughs> and I can see him. You know the one who knocked you off your horse and blinded you, which is why you're blind right now? Yeah, Jesus who appeared to you on the road, you were coming here. In case you changed your mind and want to kill me, yeah, that guy he sent me here I love that and sent me so that listen he sent me so that you can see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God and immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again and he got up and was baptized I I love that 
Scales fell from his eyes. Because here's the thing, Saul needed to see something he could not see. He needed to see beyond the natural things into the spiritual things. And so what did God do? God sent a man. God said, it wasn't Saul, Saul, listen, Saul was praying. He says, you need to go, and he's praying. Saul, at Tarsus, is praying. And so Ananias, you need to go. He went, I don't know what Saul's prayer was, but the response to Saul's prayer was a man being sent by God. Not by God, another bright light showing up, and the bright light that blinded him now has returned his sight. It wasn't the angelic host coming from heaven and all of a sudden washing the dirt out of Paul's eyes. It was God sent a man. Come on, somebody. We need to be able to discern those people that God is sending in our life. And you keep praying for God to do something, and God says, I already sent 10 people to do that. You aren't looking. We need Ananias in our life to open our eyes to see the things that we cannot see. And God is positioning people around about us all the time. Why? Because he wants to get you that answer. And so, but if we're not, if we're not open to what, who, what God wants to work through, We have to discern that this is of God because we need to be able to see the things that we can't see ourselves. And God will send people in our life that will help open our eyes. And so uh, after this, since Saul wanted to start uh, preaching and and connect with the apostles and that were doing amazing things. And so uh, when he wanted to start preaching, as you can imagine, nobody would invite him to preach. (laughs) And maybe he sent his flyers out like open and looking for bookings and like, that guy? No, you're not coming here, killer, right? It's like... I can't get a booking anywhere. Imagine that, right? And so all of a sudden, then we go to Acts 9, 26 through 28. When he came, when Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. You can imagine how excited. Man, I had this encounter, and I'm so excited to be one of you. Hey, where are you guys going, right? I want to be part of the team. I want to be the, part of the apostles and the disciples. But, what, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. Listen to this. But Barnabas, a man who God had sent, took him and brought him to the apostles. And he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. They weren't open to receiving Saul. And God didn't all of a sudden give them a dream about this man Saul coming. God didn't have this voice from heaven. What did God do? He said, a man. And they still weren't even sure about it. And the man Barnabas, you know, Barnabas means builder of bridges. So he sent a man to build a bridge to open doors he couldn't open himself. God is sending you Barnabases in your life to open doors you can't open, to build bridges you cannot build. And you're asking, how come I can't get through that door? Help me with a way. How come I can't make a bridge here? How come I can't do this, God? Please show me. Please do something. Send your angels. And he said, I already sent a man. You need to discern that he was from me. And you may not understand everything he says, but listen, he speaks on my behalf, and if you just will listen. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the Ananias God sent in my life to help me see the things I could not see. I'm thankful for the Barnabases in my life to build bridges and open doors I couldn't open and build for myself. And God is doing that in our life. That's why we have to be sensitive. He, He wants to raise a level of discernment in us for this new year. I believe that. It's going to take a level of commitment from us to be open to that and to press in so we can be sensitive to those things. And I I love that. I love that. I'm ready for Ananias and I'm ready for Barnabas in my life, God. And he helped open doors he couldn't open. And and even after all this, he struggled because of his past. He struggled with what he's doing and he faced persecution. He faced opposition from the Christians that still feared him and then from the religious crowd that that now hated him and felt him a betrayer. He didn't feel like he belonged with Christians. He didn't feel like he belonged with the religious crowd. And so 2 Corinthians uh, 7, 5, you see this uh, passage of scripture here. 
where when he came, uh, he came for when he came, when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest. This is Paul. We were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside, fear within. As you can imagine, the persecution that he faced from the people that were anti, you're a betrayer, the religious crowd, and we don't believe in that. Conflict, strife on the outside, and fear within. Doubting himself, probably. That maybe, maybe people will never accept me. Maybe I'm not going to have an open door here. Have you ever been at a place that you felt like that? There was conflict on the outside and fear within? See, even the apostle Paul. But what was God's answer to that? What was God's answer to this moment in life? One of the greatest apostles to, to live and, and had half the New Testament in him. He's getting attacked and, and he's a conflict externally and fear internally. And all of a sudden he's, he's looking for, for God to do something and, and, and answer him. And, and God's answer uh, comes in, in an amazing way. Look what he, look what he says then in uh, the next verse, verse six. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. You're, you're, we're sitting there waiting, we're waiting for God to, to bring comfort and encouragement to our life. And then here comes somebody, I'm like, oh God, no, not them, Lord. Not right now, of all times, Father. Seriously, of all times, this guy. And you don't know, that just may be God's answer to bring encouragement to your life, to bring hope back again into your life, to speak into your life. Titus, his name means pleasing. It was pleasing to Paul. It uplifted his spirit and encouraged him. At the moment when he was downcast because of external conflicts and internal fear, God sent a man to him and he embraced him. How many people are God putting in our life at our lowest points to encourage us, at our lowest points to give us hope? And we're isolating ourselves. We're running from people and God says, I'm sending you people. I'm so downcast and depressed. I don't want to go to that church today. But you know what? Sitting in that church, this might be your Titus. I don't want to get in a small group. I don't want to share this with people. I don't want anybody to. But you know what? Sitting in that small group just might be your Titus. It just might be your Ananias. It just might be your Barnabas. No, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm going to encourage myself and look. Great. But guess what? God's sending you people because that's how he brings his answers. And you have to be open. You have to learn to discern that, that that's of God. You have to be available. And and so understand, though, that the devil at the same time is going to send people to discourage you even more. Right when you're at the edge of the cliff, God's trying to send someone to talk you off it. The devil's trying to send someone to push you over it. Oh, those people I know. (laughs) But listen, we need to be able to discern what God is doing in our heart and our lives. And there's so many, there's so many stories in the Bible that God's answer comes through him sending somebody. But you have to be able to discern who that person is. And I, I want to just encourage you um, in that uh, idea of that discernment, you have to discern. Because the reality is, we're engaging and embracing and building relationships sometimes with the wrong people. And the reason why we can't find breakthrough and the reason why we can't find supply and the reason we can't find encouragement is because we've attached ourselves to the wrong relationships. We've attached ourselves to the wrong people. Instead of that, that dream being birthed and given life to it, we're aborting it because some, somebody has told us it will never happen and it's not good enough and that can't be from God. And who are you? And so, but we have to have the ability to discern that. And remember the scripture says, God's children know his voice and can be led by the spirit. But you have to do things so you're so much more sensitive to what he's saying and what he is doing. And you have to be able to discern what is of God and what is not of God. I believe God wants to restore discernment to our lives. We need to be more sensitive to the spirit of God. And so here's what I believe about this new year, 2020, this new decade, that God's going to send the right people at the right place at the right time and with the right plan. And we need to be ready. As a church and as families, we need to be ready, alert, and pay attention. 
Luke 6.38, let's take a look. Here's what the word says. We're going to jump ahead to Luke 6.38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall whom? Men. Oh, I thought God was going to do that. Yeah, but through men. Well, I knew somewhere at the beginning of the year you are going to have to throw a tithing scripture in there or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, that would be appropriate. But here my point is that God works through men. You know what? God wants to bless you through people. God wants to bless the church through people. My dad told me before I ever went away to school, ever went to college, he said, son, you need to find a place, that, a church that's in a building program that's a growing church. And I'm like, why, dad? And he goes, because if you'll be a part of that, God will bless that church by blessing you. God blesses the church by blessing the people in the church that are being willing to be used by God and following what? His plan. The right people, right place, right time. Come on, God will bless you. That's how God will move. He'll work that way through men. But you got to follow him. You got to know that's what God's trying to do. Shall men, shall men, kingdom connections, kingdom relationships. You need to be tuned in and see them or they'll pass you by. Right people, right place. Let's talk about the right place for a moment. God told Elijah in the middle of a famine. He said, Elijah, there's a famine in the land and people are suffering, but I need you to go. I'm going to take care of you. I need to go to this river, this brook called Cherith. And in that place there, that you'll find my blessing and my provision. And, I, and let me take a look at this, 1 Kings 2, uh, 17, 2 through 4. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I will have directed the ravens to supply you with food. Where? There. You realize that the provision and blessing of God was there, not where he currently was. But what we want to do is, God, bless me here. I'm right here, God. Bless me. Bring your blessing. And God says, well, then get up from there and go to the place that I have set for you to go to. And there you'll find my blessing and provision. Get out of 2019 from, from that place that was here and go over in 2020 to there because now I'm blessing that place there or you in that place there. That's where my provision is. I don't believe for one second that if Elijah would have stayed where he was, God would have blessed him. I believe he would have died in the famine like everybody else. But God says, I'll take care of you but now my provision, my blessing is going to be there at this place. So you go there and be in the place of my blessing and provision. But I think so many times we have to discern what the voice of the Lord is because we can get caught up in the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old, same and wonder why it's not going right. There's no blessing on it. When God has been saying that you need to go over here, over there and over there and over there. But if we will just tune his voice in a little bit more, you'll find out that God likes to change directions. He likes to get you out of your place of comfort. He likes to stretch you a little bit. He wants you to depend on him and not on a system. He wants you to depend on him and not on a program, a method. So sometimes he's saying, okay, get up from here and go over there because over there is where I want to bless you. I want to take you to that place, the right place. God said, my, to Elijah, my blessing is connected to the place. I want to take you, but you got to go there where the blessing is. Hey, we can't go anywhere we want. Well, I got, a, I got a better idea. I got a better idea. How about over here, God? Because this would be really great. God's like, no, over there. Okay, okay, okay. How about halfway? Okay, I don't need the full blessing. Just a little blessing would be good. But I don't, I don't, it's more convenient, really, over here. People understand this better than there. God says, no, it's there. You don't negotiate with God. If God says there, it's there. That's where the blessing is. Stay where you are and starve or go there and see the provision of God. And I, and I love how this scripture plays out. The bird says, the bird ravens brought meat and bread every morning, every evening, um, but you had to move from, there, from here to there to where the blessing was or miss it. God has a, a there for you, a there for us. 
in 2020. Look at verse uh, six. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. I love it. God used the ravens. You know, ravens is a funny bird. Ravens is a disgusting, unclean bird. Let me say it this way. Ravens, ravens are a dirty bird. They're dirty birds. Listen, you get in the right place and God will use the dirty birds to bless you. You can take that however you want to take that. Come on. There's a lot of dirty birds in business. There's a lot of dirty birds in this world. But if you're in the right place at the right time, God will use even the dirty birds to bless you. Come on, somebody. Come on. I love that. <laughs> hey, listen. The people that wanted to cheat you and steal you from you and undercut the deal and try and get ahead another way, hey, that's okay. You go there where God has put you and there's nothing that can keep the blessing and provision of God from coming your way. And God will use the dirty birds to bring it. He'll use the dirty business people. He'll use the dirty mindset. He'll use a dirty economy. He'll use a dirty political system. He'll use anything you want to do. You put it there, but in the place that he says is where the blessing is, and not even the devil himself can keep it from coming your way. But you got to be there. Right place. The right place. A lot of your minds went to people with dirty birds or whatever, that kind of thing right there. It's like... Hey, I'm telling you, God will use it all. God will use the devil himself to bless his people if they'll be obedient and be in the right place. That's where the blessings of God are, right? 2020, we're going to be in the right place. God changed that place on, on Elijah. Elijah was probably getting a little comfortable there. And God does never wants us to be dependent on a, uh, even on a place per se. He doesn't want us to be dependent on a method. And so God changed direction. And the brook dried up and the birds stopped flying. And all of a sudden, what happened? Um, Elijah didn't cry out to God for... God, I need a miracle. I'm going to die in this famine. He listened to the instruction of the Lord, and, and God gave him a new instruction. He says this in, in, in verse 9, 17, 9. He says, go at once. The brook dried up. The bird stopped flying. So now go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay where? There. I have another place where the blessing will be. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. Uh, he, wants, he, he changed directions on him. He, he didn't want... Uh, uh, Elijah to get dependent on a, on a method. He wanted him to trust God along the way. And, and knowing this, you don't, just go to, you don't just go to God for a miracle. You, you go to God for instruction. You go to God for a relationship. And it's in that relationship that he leads you. You're able to discern when he changes direction and what's God and what's not God. And the only way to get to the right people in the right place is when you have a right relationship with God and you get connected. God changes directions all the time. We need to move with them. And if we're... If we are tied to a memory or we're tied to a method, then many times the blessing moves on and we're still hanging on. And God's your source, amen? God is your source. And we need to be sensitive to get back to the place that God wants us to get to. And understand this, I believe God's shifting things in 2020. He's not staying the same. He's not intending things to stay the same. And again, I think there's significance not just in this new year, but this new decade. And so you have to be sensitive to what God is doing. In fact, John 15 says, it's not in your notes, but John 15 says, God says, I'm the vine and you're the branch. Stay connected to me and you'll bear fruit. Stay connected. And so let me give you the last story. We talked about the right people, right place. And let me, let me talk about the right plan. And God has a plan. He has a plan for you and I for 2020, different than 2019. And we have to be willing to follow, be discerning to the right plan. God's plan. Because it won't look necessarily like it looked. It won't look because it's a transition moment. 
So uh, Elijah, story of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was a great prophet, did many amazing things for God. And one day he was passing through this area and he came upon Elisha. Elisha was a farmer, came from a family of farmers. In fact, it says that he was behind the plow in that moment. And he had 12 uh, yoke of oxen. He was working one yoke, which means he had hired hands to handle the others. He must have been a person of substance, if you will. His family, probably for generations, had provided through farming uh, for their livelihood and everything. And Elijah's passing by. And Elisha sees him and knows there's something about him. And Elijah, Elisha wants to go. He goes, I want to go with you. I mean, I don't know where you're headed and stuff, but I want to be a part of your plan. I, I want to go with your plan. I mean, I can stay here and be a farmer and stuff, but I feel that there's something more that God has for me, and I want to go with you and what's your plan. And, and Elijah really just paid him no mind. He almost just kind of said, hey, man, if you want to come with me, come with me. If not, don't. That's up to you. And, and then Elisha looks at him and says, now, hold on a second. I, want to, I need to go home and kiss my mom and dad goodbye. I need, to, I need to settle some things and do some things. And it's almost as if Elijah just didn't even pay attention to him and kept going, as if God's going to keep moving regardless of what you say. And he's like, you can do what you want to do, but I'm going on with my plan and you can stay there or you can come along, but I'm moving on. And so I love this picture here and the scripture that we have of this exchange. And, and, and we look in verse 21, uh, 1 Kings 19, 21. So Elisha left him because Elijah went on he left him, went back. He took his yoke of oxen, now listen, and slaughtered them, and he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah or the plan of God and become his servant. Now listen to this for a second. He must have been a successful farmer because he had 12 yoke of oxen, and so it's his livelihood. It's what they depended on to live. All of a sudden, the man of God or God's passing by, and he wants to be a part of God's plan, and so what does he do? He doesn't just say, no, hold on a second. He does, Elijah keeps he goes, maybe, um, maybe let's do this first, and, and maybe I can do this. And maybe I can do. Listen, he says, no, you can come or not come. So Elisha burned the plow. You know what Elisha did? God, I want your plan. And I'm not going to be dependent on what sustained me to this point in time. I'm not going to leave a plan B. I'm not going to leave a backup in case it doesn't work. I'm not going to leave something I can go back to. I'm going all in with you, God. And I'm not going to come, hey, if this doesn't work, I can always go back to farming. Hey, you know what? It didn't turn out the way I thought it would. So I'm just going to go back here in this comfort level of mine. He said, no, I'm all in with God's plan. I'm burning the plow. I'm killing the oxen. There is no turning back. There's no plan B. There's no backup. I'm going on with what God has. Hey, 2023 life, we need to burn the plows. Burn the plows in your life and your plan. Burn the plows. Move forward in the plan that God has because God has a good plan for your life. You may not understand it all. He certainly didn't know all the plan was, but he knew it was God's plan. And so he went all in. I don't know where you're going. And he led him lots of different places. We don't have time to go over that. But here's what I do know. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm burning the plows. I'm killing the oxen. I'm being dependent upon you, God, for everything. And the Bible says he began to follow Elijah. And as Elijah had him in his ministry, and as Elijah came to the end of his ministry, as the plan, he followed him the whole time. He came to the river Jordan, which represents transition. And he took his cloak. Elijah took his cloak, struck the waters. The water parted. Elijah and Elisha crossed the waters. And Elijah looked at him and says, you've been faithful to the plan because what is it what you want? Because understand, when you're faithful to God, he'll not only just fulfill the plan, he'll go above and beyond that and bless you. He'll not only just give you what you need, he'll give you what you want because you've been faithful to the plan. The things that you thought you left behind and you thought you lost, and guess what? Elisha then said, I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah said, well, if you stick with me all the way to the end, you walk this all the way out, you'll have what you want. 
And so all of a sudden, the chariot of fire from heaven comes down, scoops up Elijah from Elijah as he's going up into heaven. His cloak falls. Elisha picks it up, puts the mantle on him, goes back to the river Jordan, strikes the water, and the water parts. He transitioned then into the new season in ministry. Listen, when you follow God's plan, you always get more than what you left behind. In fact, there was a double portion waiting for him, but he had to cross the river. We have to cross the river of 2019 into the new season of 2020. Some of us are standing on the banks of the Jordan, wondering what we should do, wondering what's on the other side. Should I go with God? Should I not go with God? And I'm telling you, burn the plow. It's worth it. Not only will it fulfill what God has in your life, he'll bless you abundantly. There was a double portion waiting for him, but you have to make the transition. You have to do it. And you have to discern what's God and what's not God. But no, God's plan will always line up with his word. God's plan will always line up with the Holy Spirit. You'll always have that, that supporting Holy Spirit, that peace. God's word will also, God the counsel times will confirm that. We need to develop our discernment a little bit more. Before we move forward in 2020, what God has for us, hey, I'm ready to burn the plows. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to cross that Jordan River into the new season, not just the new year, the new decade God has for us. But we want to go for it. We got to be sensitive to God's leading God. He's sending people that we need to know, is this of God, not of God? He's sending to some places that we've never been before, but we have to trust him. That's where the provision is. And he has a plan maybe unlike anything we've ever seen, but we got to trust him that he's a good God and a faithful God. And his plan is always better than our plan. You know, all throughout scripture, you know, it just didn't make sense. And Joshua, all of a sudden, God gave Joshua a plan. March around the city seven, uh, one time a day for seven days. On the seventh day, march around it seven times. Blow the trumpet and shout. God's plan worked. A miracle happened. The walls fell. They conquered the city. Noah, build an ark. We're going to fill this boat full of animals. Thank goodness God's plan provided a window at the top because he could open it when you're boat full of animals, right? Anyways, God's plan. And then <laughs> at the wedding feast, God's plan was these pots and pitchers of water to be brought by the servants and a miracle happened and turned them into wine. Listen, God's plan, one dollar out of ten brings God's miracle. God's plan, one day of rest out of seven brings God's miracle. God's plan works. We need to be willing to go all in. We don't just try it and see it. We don't just try it knowing we have a backup plan or plan B or something to go back to if it doesn't work. It works. It's God. And God's plan, we need to move forward with it and walk in what God has for us. That's 2020. 2020, right people, right place, right plan. We're burning the plows and we're moving forward. We're going to tune into God and press into him like never before so we can be sensitive to discern what is right, what is him, and what is not. That's God's plan. That's what we're going to be about. And that's what he has for us. Malachi 3.10, let's close with this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The only reason I wanted to bring this, I wanted you to think that this will talk about finances, but look what it says. Test me. He's saying, test my plan. Try my plan. Follow my plan. I'm so confident in who I am and my plan that you can do anything you want to try and test this or prove it. It will work, says the Lord Almighty. And he goes, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there'll not be room enough to store. You know what he says? He says, you want to live under an open window of heaven? You need to follow the plan. You're tired of living with a closed window over you? Follow the plan, it'll open up. You can follow the plan and have an open window every day of your life. We can live our lives with an open window to heaven if we'll follow God's plan, because God's plan works. He doesn't need a plan B. He doesn't need a backup. He doesn't need a way out. You don't need a way out. God's plan works. If you follow his plan, you can live under an open heaven where he's just pouring out peace, pouring out supply, pouring out joy, 
but you got to follow his plan. His plan works. I believe that. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.